Well, hello and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope everyone is having an absolutely blessed day today. As always, we're staying busy down here at Health Masters. And of course, if you need anything, feel free to call us. We're here every day, Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, and we have the D3-10,000 as product of the week. You guys voted. It won 15% off right now, so I highly encourage you to check that out. We've talked about it for years, specifically a lot last year over all the research that had been done. I'm going to get into that some of it a little bit later on during the show about D3 and why it is so crucial to the immune system and fighting off any type of viral infections and other health issues that may arise because, remember, the vast majority of people are deficient and vitamin D. Even the CDC reported that 32% of children and adults throughout the U.S. were vitamin D deficient and ages up 65 and more in most cases are 70% of the population is deficient. So it's really, really crucial you understand why it is so important to keep your D3 elevated in the optimal range, not just in the average or normal range. And I'm going to talk about that here in a little bit. But the first thing I wanted to bring up, because this is huge and it's about time a court finally grew a set, excuse my vernacular on that, but I mean that sincerely, the 6th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals has now ruled as yesterday that accessories are not subject to be in a ban imposed by the ATF. The federal court Thursday ruled that federal regulation barring bump stocks is illegal and was incorrect in claiming the device can make a weapon a machine gun. This was huge. This was under the Trump administration. In the 2017, we had the Vegas shooting. In 2018, he instructed the attorney general to basically give ATF carte blanche immunity to go in and ban bump fire stocks in whatever way they needed to do so. So they went in and after three previous times of ruling that bump fire stocks were completely legal, they did not change the functioning of the trigger system, and they did not make a firearm a machine gun under any circumstances, they went back and reneged on all of those previous rulings, went back and tried to retroactively changed the 1934 definition of a machine gun under the NFA Act by changing one word in the definition and said all of a sudden, hey, by the way, we're the ATF. We're only here to enforce current laws, but we're going to make sure bump fire stocks are now machine guns and you cannot grandfather them in and they have to be basically turned in or disposed of or destroyed within the next 90 days or you're going to be charged with a felony 10 years in prison for having an unregistered machine gun. It was completely and totally so far-fetched and so reaching, and I said it, numerous other gun advocates said it, ATF does not have that authority. Now, finally, the 6th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals said the exact same thing in a decision ruled 2 to 1. They said the 2008 findings that by the ATF that bump fire stocks were machine guns, even reversing their findings on the same subject, was an error and that lower courts were wrong to refuse an injunction against the regulation. They said it is not the role of the executive, particularly the unelected administrative state, to dictate the public 
what is right and what is wrong, one of the judges wrote. The Sixth Circuit ruling said the presumptions granted to regulatory agencies should not have been applied in large part because the ATF regulation was incorrect. He goes, and because we find that a single function of a trigger refers to the mechanical process of the trigger assembly, we further hold that a bump stock cannot be classified under any circumstances as a machine gun because the bump stock does not enable semi-automatic weapon to fire more than one shot each time the trigger is pulled. It simply moves the weapon back and forth in the stock assembly. Eric Pratt, Senior Vice President of the Gun Owners of America, said we are glad the court finally applied the statute accurately and struck down the illegal ATF overreach and infringement of our rights. The rule does not strike down the regulation nationwide. The district's judge injunction only applies to the Sixth Court, Sixth Circuit, which includes Kentucky, Michigan, Ohio, and Tennessee. And so what we're seeing here now is that the court system, at least in this court, finally was awake and decided they were actually going to stand up for the Second Amendment. Because remember, the judicial system, this this branch as far as that basically goes in as judges, cannot amend statutes. They are simply there to enforce current statutes, the same thing as the ATF. There's a separation of power that requires any legislation to pass through the legislator. They went on to say Congress could go in and change the legislation on bump fire stocks, but ATF does not and cannot have the legal right to go in and change the definition and interpret it as they see fit to mandate things of felony simply because they feel like doing so. This is incredibly good news, and this is far from over, though, I do have to say. ATF is never going to stop and let this go by idly. They are going to push and push and push and threaten and twist and bribe and do every other manner of illicit activity, in my opinion, because that is what the ATF is exceptionally good at doing. Remember, they don't have any type of significant oversight committee. They pretty much do anything they want, including running 2,500 machine guns and 50 caliber weapons via Operation Fast and Furious to the Mexican drug cartel, accidentally losing every single weapon to be lost into the Mexican drug cartel, and many of those weapons being found at the shooting of a border agent and also weapons being found at El Chapo's compound, including multiple 50 caliber Barrett rifles. That is what the ATF is very good at. This is so important that we continue to encourage this to go further, and I'm really glad to see that the Gun Owners of America and multiple other groups have pushed and pushed and pushed this. Because again, guys, it doesn't matter if you don't like bump stocks. I don't like bump stocks. I shot one years ago that a buddy had, and I didn't care for it at all. It's very bulky. It's very strange. The gun's bouncing back and forth in the stock. But nonetheless, it's an accessory, and it's simply that, an accessory. And the reason why they did this is they wanted to open the door to more and more ATF overreach. Why is the gun control being pushed so hard? Why is Congress trying to shove this down our throats? Why is Biden getting on television and say they're going to do anything they can to basically push these assault weapons bans and magazine bans? Well, it's pretty simple. They want to go for all the guns, and they know armed people – will not willingly load themselves into railroad boxcars. Just an important history lesson there. Anytime somebody's disarmed, 
they're at the whims of whatever, if anybody's telling them to do. And Dad brought this up very succinctly with the film The Hunger Games. And I encourage you guys to watch the first one and get an idea of what happens when a populace is subjected to full-blown tyranny and full-blown disarmament. You then have the stormtroopers in full body armor rolling up in MRAPs with automatic weapons to do anything they want, including executing people publicly, and nobody can do anything about it at that point. Magazines, AR-15s, they can never be allowed to be taken away from the American populace and never be given up our Second Amendment rights. So I thought I would start off with that this morning. Some excellent news from the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals. And again, this is something we're going to have to continue to keep fighting and pushing for, Dad. What do you think? Well, I'm happy the Sixth Circuit, you know, which is not a liberal nightmare, basically passed this and went through with this. It'll be so what's going to happen now is going to go to the Supreme Court. You know that and they'll make a decision on it. And hopefully the Supreme Court is not so compromised that they're going to rule, you know, with the Sixth Court. But, you know, Austin said this, and I want to say one more time. Why do they want gun control? Why does the New World Order, why do the Kabbalists? Why does why does the CFR, the Council on Foreign Relations, why does the Bilderberger Group, why do all of these people, why does the international banking cartels, why do they want gun control? What is the purpose of the gun control? And Austin said it. I'm going to say it one more time. Because armed people, listen, armed people will not, it's a capital N-O-T, because armed people will not willingly load themselves into railroad boxcars to be sent to concentration slash FEMA camps. This is an important history lesson. These folks that got dragged off into these boxcars, they were disarmed. And if the person was vocal about what was going on and they were not armed, they would simply be taken away or be shot in front of everybody else. But if all of these Christians and Jews and gypsies, and whoever else they decided was not going to support Adolf Hitler, who was dragged off into a slave labor camp, we call them concentration camps, had said, no, how about I don't go, how about I give you my gun, but I'll give it to you empty. If that had happened, we'd have seen a totally different outcome. Now, would those people still have ended up probably going to the concentration camps in mass? Probably yes. Why? Because the Wehrmacht was so powerful, it has such extensive armament that even a few guns or a few dozen guns or a few hundred guns or even a few thousand guns wouldn't have really made a difference. But what would have happened is they wouldn't have died in the camps. It goes back to the old saying, I would rather die on my feet than serve on my knees licking boots. And this is what happened in these camps with all the horrible experiments that happened with the slave labor facilities and a lot of the other things that happened. You know, now, not all of the camps had, you know, medical experimentation going on. Not all of the camps were basically doing people wrong and or killing people. I want you guys to know that a lot of these camps were slave labor camp in which the inmates were making armaments and munitions. If you listen to the movie, if you watch that movie, Schindler's List from back in the 90s or the 80s or whenever it came out, Steven Spielberg dedicated that movie when he got the Oscars for it. To the 4.5 million Jews who were still alive in concentration camps at the end of the war. Okay, 4.5 million. Now think about that for a second. That's a lot of people, 4.5 million. They weren't killed. Why? Because they were being used for slave labor. 
which is what the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and the globalists who were basically funding Germany at the time allowed to have happen. Oh, yeah, this was all done again by the international banking cartel supporting Hitler and getting him into power. And then they turned against him in 38 when he decided to throw the international banking cartels out. Remember that. We've given you this war story many, many times. Read the bad war. Very important. Now, let's take a look at what's going on with COVID vaccine over in Europe. This is crazy. Here's the actual vaccine drug adverse side effects reactions in Europe. 3,964 dead. This is through March the 13th. Repeat that. 3,964 dead. Listen to the injuries. 162,610 injuries through March the 13th, 2021. I mean, this is using the COVID MRI vaccine, the Moderna, the Pfizer, and the AstraZeneca vaccines. I mean, this is absolutely mind-boggling. Hundreds of thousands. They're getting a lot more accurate as far as what they're getting in their countries than we hear are here in the United States. Because remember, in the United States, you know, if you don't have a reaction in which you're like hospitalized and sent to intensive care within the first 20 minutes of the vaccine, you basically uh, are not counted as a statistic against this. And this is what's happening all over the world right now because they're giving people DNA altering RNA instructing vaccines that are going to do massive, massive, massive damage to the population of the planet. Now, a new historic case in the courts have also revealed that no safety studies have been done on any vaccine over the past 32 years as was required by law. This is from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Let me think about this for a second. In the 70s and the 80s, there were mounting medical reports of vaccine injury occurring in children. The reactions were mild to severe and sometimes deadly. The reactions were often the result of a very reactive vaccine adjuvant that caused severe allergic reactions, seizures, or autoimmune conditions. The number of vaccine injuries was so compelling that the U.S. Congress took up the issue in the mid-80s. In 1986, the then-compromised Ronald Reagan, I talked about it this week, was signed into law the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act. The law put into motion two important legal precedents. First, it established a government vaccine court to handle specific vaccine injury claims, which has now paid out billions, I say with a B, over $4 billion, and it would have paid out much, much more. But it doesn't have the money, and it refuses to hear the cases. This corrupt precedent provided the vaccine industry with unlimited opportunities to expand childhood vaccine schedule, as recommended by the Centers for Disease Control. Of course, a non-government agency, a non-legislative agency can't make laws. After the vaccine industry got legal immunity in 86, the childhood vaccine schedule ballooned to 76 vaccines, and this never stopped. And all of these different dosing that happens as the federal authorities you know, approved individual vaccines – the problems with autism and childhood learning disorders has gone through the roof. The second part of the National Vaccine Injury Act was more noble aspect, and it required the vaccine companies to report to the, report to the Department of Health and Human Services and Congress every two years documenting vaccine safety. And guess what? When Robert F. Kennedy gave them the Freedom of Information Act request, to see these 32 years worth of research, guess what happened? There has 
been no records turned in. There have been no studies done. That means that the HHS has broken the law since 1986 and refuses to hold vaccine companies accountable. No vaccine safety studies conducted in 32 years. Guys, this is complete and total insanity. And it makes you realize why we have literally millions of children now, millions, millions of children that are brain damaged, many with autism, many with such severe learning disabilities they could never, ever function in society because of the vaccines that they were poisoned with. And now we finally understand what happened, when it happened, and that these guys have allowed themselves to be completely, literally above the law. Why? Because it's the same Kabbalist group that took down Building 7 that pushed the doggone vaccines into our children to poison them, to basically dumb down the population with mercury and adjuvants so that the IQ scores would continually plummet, learning disabilities would continually plummet. And I'm going to say this very succinctly. I want everybody to listen to me for a second. And I said this before, and I'm going to say it again. And this is the, this is this this is the the bite b i t e the bite of all of this. We literally have millions of children now that have been vaccine damaged. Millions, you know, some of them mildly, some of them extremely severely, some of them so bad that they require professional care. They cannot be left at home. Here's the question I'm asking each and every one of you, and I've asked you this before over the years. I'm asking it again. What in the world is going to happen to these millions of children when their parents die and their siblings die, and these children are left to be attended by the general population because the general population are the only ones that are left to take care of these children? Who's going to pay for this massive, massive burden on the infrastructure of the United States by allowing millions and millions, by then tens of millions of children, to basically become wards of the state? This is going to cost trillions of dollars over the life of these children. And it's not getting any better. It's getting worse. More and more of these children are being vaccine damaged by all of these vaccines. A young baby's born. It just comes out of the womb. It has no immune system that's functioning properly. It gets the immune system it needs from its mother's breast milk. But what do they do? They go walk up to that baby if the parents don't stop them, and they automatically jab it with a hepatitis shot, pump it full of mercury. The minute, the hour, the day that it's born, it's injected. What the heck is wrong with our doctors doing crap like this? And you have to literally tell the hospital, if you inject my child with anything, I will sue you to get them not to do it. I, I know this because of experience. I had to do this with two of the kids who were born in hospitals. I mean, I had to go up there and just basically pitch a little biatch fit. I said, no, because they told me they were going to do it. I said, absolutely not. This will not happen. And, guys, this is what we've run into in the United States now. We've got a group of, quote, unquote, professionals pediatricians who really believe in most cases that they're doing what they need to do as far as maintaining the health of these children, though they were taught in medical school for the first year that child's immune system can't produce antibodies, period. They can't do it. So giving them these vaccines is useless, and they certainly don't need all of those vaccines. Remember what they did to me and my group back in the 60s, a lot of you who basically got the tuber 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 tuberculosis and all the other stuff? 
and, and the polio vaccine that was contaminated with simian 60, which has led to a huge increase in bone, bone, breast, and brain cancer. Yeah, they, they intentionally infected us with monkey cancer kidney cells. What kind, of, what kind of sickos do this kind of crap? But this is what's going on. You say, well, gosh, Ted, you're all bent out of shape about this today. Yeah, I am bent out of shape. Because I've thought about this and thought about this and thought about it, and it makes me angry that the fact that they've lied and lied. And so many parents who love their kids so much that think, I've got to take care of my kids. The CDC knows best. The government knows best. I need to make sure these kids get these vaccines. Suddenly that child at 18 months old gets that booster shot. It happens almost always at 18 months as far as when there's damage. And all of a sudden that child, just the lights goes out. The eyes go out. The spark goes out. The child can't communicate anymore because of the massive brain swelling that's occurred. I remember one time I had this sicko guy that I know. Oh, I was a sicko. And I remember it. I warned him and warned him and warned him. He had a little girl. I won't give you the name because I won't divulge this. And that little girl got her 18-month booster shot. And he brought her to the restaurant that night to have dinner with us. And he was laughing because she had a violent, extreme reaction with brain swelling. And the child was screaming uncontrollably and crying, massive fever. And he thought it was funny. Yeah, because he thought he was doing the right thing. It was a natural side effect. I don't know what in the world's going on with parents when they see stuff like this. I sure don't know what the heck's going on with pediatricians. Oh, that's right. Blue Cross Blue Shield, if they have X amount of kids vaccinated in the practice, they get like an extra $40,000 bonus at the end of the year. And if they have X amount times two, they get like an extra $80,000 given directly to the physician. That's right, isn't it? That's why so many of the physicians will not take your child unless you vaccinate them because they get their big Blue Cross bonuses every year. What the heck is going on with our country? And why do these people who masquerade as men of medicine commit such butchery on the children? I don't understand it. I really don't understand it. Austin, what's your next story, bud? Oh, it's it, it's exactly it's doing exactly what it's designed to do. Once you do research long enough, once you start talking to doctors that are awake, that are actually awake, once you start reading the research articles, once you start understanding what these things do, you realize real quick that it's a concerted effort all across the board. It's designed to do exactly what it is. There was a video that surfaced from Bill Gates years ago, and this lady asked him, "What about?" the investment side and the return on vaccines. And he goes, well, it, the return on vaccines is about 20 to 1. He goes, it's very, very, very good, which means it's good for the economy. It stimulates the economy. And I looked at it and I went, this guy is such a piece of crap. But what people don't even address is the big bucks on the back end from these shots, the chronic drugs you, tr- you take, for the rest of your life to treat the some 150-odd listed side effects from all the different vaccines. You look at them, almost each vaccine has anywhere between 5 to 10 to 20 chronic side effects. They can be from arthritis to lupus to migraines to eczema to cancer to autoimmune disease to multiple sclerosis, psoriasis, polio, transverse mellitus, allergies that can be unbelievably threatening, fibromyalgia. The list goes on and on and on. I could do a whole show listing it over and over and over again. The scary part about this is the vaccines keep the medical industrial complex bringing in tens of billions of dollars a year in fresh revenue because they turn them in to a chronic patient. 
yesterday I was in the barber shop getting a haircut, and uh, a guy came in, and I've kind of known uh, like acquaintance. I don't ever really hang out with him, but I've seen him in the barber shop a few times, and he comes in complaining about how he just had to take his kid in to go get uh, tubes put in his ears. And so obviously I was dude, I said, why why does he have to hit tubes put in his ears? How old is he? He goes, Well, he's two years old. And I went, Oh man, here we go. Here we go. I've I've heard this story verbatim dozens of times. And he goes, Yeah, he's have he's had chronic ear infections, chronic ear infections since he was a little kid. I said, When did he start having chronic ear infections? He goes, Man, he was probably six, seven, eight months old. He started having ear infections all the time. And I said, has he uh, he's has he had all his all his shots? He goes, oh yeah, I, we've made sure he's had all of his shots. That's why I under, I don't understand why this is happening. I said, well, you you do know one of the side effects from a lot of those vaccines is chronic ear infections and swollen lymphatic system. And he goes, what? I said, yeah. You have have you looked it up? He goes, no. I said, yeah, but I said, this is a pretty common occurrence. Once they start getting those injections, it usually is at six months, and they get worse at a year. Then it's horrible by 18 months, and then eventually you have to go get tubes put in their ears because they literally live with chronic ear infections. He goes, well, they never told me that. I, I don't know. That, that, that's ridiculous. I said, okay, okay, whatever. You know, I'm not going to get in an argument with you in the middle of the barbershop. But you know, it was so funny because it was like when I said it to him, it was like, what are you talking about? That's – I've never heard that before, and I've heard it so many times. Perfectly healthy kid, six months, they get their, what, six, seven, eight vaccines, whatever it is. Bam, they start getting sick all the time. Bam, constant ear infections. Bam, constant sinus infections. Going on antibiotics on and off. They go into their 12-month. Oh, they need their shots again. They give them the shot. Boom, they're sick again. Sick for the next six months, 18 months, they get the big boy. All the big booster shots, back, back, to back, to back, to back. And boom, sick, sick, sick all the time. Constantly in the doctor, constantly on antibiotics, constantly going in and out of the pediatrician. They go, we need to remove his adenoids. We need to remove his tonsils. We need to put tubes in his ears. And I'm going, oh, my gosh, stop, stop. Please just stop doing this. And doesn't matter. I tell people over and over and over again. I've seen it in the office. I get emails. I get phone calls. I've watched it in personal life. I only have a handful of friends that have not vaccinated their children. Only a handful. I mean, it's like one hand I can pretty much count. It, it's minute. And that saddens me because almost every single person I know that does not vaccinate their kids, super sharp, super smart, super healthy, running around all the time, super active, boom, boom, boom. You start asking them questions. You start having a conversation with them. Dude, they're super sharp, never sick. I mean, if they, they do get sick, it's, you know, a runny nose for a day or two because they put their hand up their nose and pick their boogers, you know, doing what three- and four-year-olds do. But other than that, no, that's just normal, normal colds you get when you're a kid because you're just, a you know, <laughs> you're a kid. But this is why I bring this up. Please do your own research. If you decide that you think that's really what's best to inject your child with six and seven and eight different injections and massive doses of aluminum and mercury and MSG and polyasorbate 80, and you really think your child needs aborted fetal tissue injected into them, then that's on you. 
But do not blindly, please do not blindly start injecting your children with this sludge. Please don't. Do your research. Make a consented decision with your doctor and don't be bullied or pressured into it. I remember it was probably, uh, I think, a year, year and a half ago. Kendall had basically gotten a little cold and had gotten down into her lungs. And it wasn't really bad, but Lana was real paranoid about it. I told her just to up the vitamin C, which in turn, actually, that's what ended up working. But Lana took her to a pediatrician that her friend recommended. And so she goes in there and she's like, yeah, she goes, she's got a little bit of uh, little bit of fluid mucus in her lungs. We basically need to put her on this antibiotic, this antibiotic, this antibiotic. And Lana's like, well, I just kind of wanted to see if there's any natural things. She goes, natural things, and laughed at her. And she goes, and we need to see, we need to see if she's up to date on her shots. And Lana goes, no, she's she's not, she's not getting any injections. She has a meta, or she has a uh, a religious exemption from the state of Florida. Doctor goes, well, I'm not going to argue with you about this. You need to get her injected immediately. And she goes. No. And she goes, okay, well, here's a prescription for the antibiotics. Uh, I'm, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to see her again unless she gets her injections. Lana goes, really? Really? So you're a pediatrician. You claim to be about children's health. You claim to be about making sure they get the best possible medical advice that they can get as a pediatrician helping kids. But you're telling me you're not going to see my child again? Unless she's got her full round of all your toxic injections, she goes, I'm not going to argue with you about this. You need to basically, you, you don't, you, you just, uh, you can check out front. And Lana goes, have a nice day. Do not worry. I will never be back here again. And I thought it was so funny. It's just from an irony standpoint, it was one of Atlanta's first time having to directly engage somebody about vaccines that aggressively. She goes, man, that was horrible. I said, oh, I know. I've dealt it many times. I said, Dad's dealt with it. I deal with it. I said, it's, it's horrible. I said, when you deal with people that are so brainwashed and so deluded in the skull with misinformation and lies about what your body needs and how it needs to have these toxic injections, I said, you cannot have a cordial discussion with them because they get blue-faced, irate with hysteria when you start questioning the narrative. And I said, and – I brought exactly what dad brought up with the blue cloth, blue shield, 200 kids on the roster, 100% vaccination rate, $40,000 bonus, 500 kids on the roster, 100% vaccination rate, $80,000 bonus on the roster. This is what they do. They give them a financial bonus incentives to make sure. And this is why they don't want kids on their roster that aren't injected because it drops down their percentage. So then it throws off their entire amount of kids that they have to bring in to try to update it. So that your kid that's not vaccinated offsets another kid, which brings it down a point. So then they have to bring in another child on top of yours to offset yours. So they actually have to do aggressive propaganda to make sure everybody's injected. Do your own research on this. Please continue to spread the truth about it. Also, to in other news, this is interesting. British former Supreme Court judge Lord Sumpton has now warned that the social controls brought on by the coronavirus pandemic in the UK may be kept in place by governments for up to a decade. He said it's politically unrealistic to expect the government to backtrack now. He's been highly critical of the government's totalitarian lockdown policies and have compared them to the rationing of food after the Second World War, which went on for nine years. He goes on to say the warnings come in wake of the Public Health England officials stating the restrictions will remain in place for as long as other countries have not 
been vaccinated, a process likely to take years. Despite promising an end to restrictions in June, the U.K. government said yesterday they're extending the emergency COVID laws until October now. And that Health Minister Matt Hancock refused to say how long they will remain in place after that. And despite repeatedly assuring the public that the domestic vaccine passports to enter pubs would be discouraged, Prime Minister Boris Johnson today signaled that landlords could mandate them when pubs begin to open next month. While speaking at the Liaison Committee, Johnson indicated the government would not stand in the way of pub owners demanding customers show proof of the COVID-19 experimental injection before entering the premises. He goes, I do not think that the basic concept of vaccine certification should be totally alien to us. Outdoor areas and beer gardens are set up to reopen April 27th with indoor spaces to follow May 17th. Creating such a system would have, where people have to show digital proof of vaccination to gauge a normal life would also guarantee they be introduced to other venues. As we talked about on Monday, a top public health official said that mask and social distancing will continue to be mandated in place for years despite the fact that the vast majority of the British public have already been vaccinated and will be totally, essentially, by the end of July. But did you hear what I just said earlier? The public health England official stated restrictions remain in place as long as other countries have not vaccinated everyone. Think about that for a second. It's exactly what Dad and I have been saying for weeks. What they're going to do next is the propaganda against individuals that want to maintain their freedom and their rights and their ability to say no. They are going to be the next target, meaning us, meaning a lot of our listeners, meaning people that are awake and smart and don't want to consent to an experimental injection. Once they finally get the vast majority of the populace shot up, and then you're going to hit the hard line, the line where we're saying absolutely not. You're not giving us an injection. You're not taking our guns. You're not violating our human rights, period. Shut up and get off my property. Once they hit that hard line of individuals, which is going to be a, still a large amount of people, they're going to have to roll out the propaganda campaign perfectly in time with the side effects that are going to start incurring from all these injections or they're going to try to roll out another type of virus that is going to hit the individuals that are vaccinated unbelievably hard because the autoimmune problems are going to start to occur with this RNA injection. Then they're going to come in and say, listen, guys, this is the anti-vaxxers fault. It's because they did not get injected. We have not reached herd immunity, and now we're still getting sick. And it's going to be ironic because we're all going to step back and go, are you healthy? Look, the other side, go, are you healthy? Go, we're all healthy. Why are we not getting sick? Why are the only people that are getting sick vaccinated? Why are you telling us we need to get this sludge pumped into us? And the answer is going to be because it's your civic duty to do so. It's for the betterment of everybody. Do you not care about your neighbor? Are you a grandma killer? Do you want people to die because you didn't get an injection? And that's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to try to start publicly shaming people and forcing people that do not get injected to pretty much be eradicated out of society. Exactly what they're promoting here in the UK. They're opening up the door for the vaccine passport to start to occur for simply going to pubs. Where will it stop in the UK? Who not knows? Because they've been fully disarmed and they will pretty much submit to whatever they're told, because they do not have the ability to truly resist. Yeah, protesting's great. Yes, you know, going out and civil disobedience is fantastic. But at the end of the day, 
one of the only things that's effective is meeting force with force. And I've always said this, a 45 ACP is the great equalizer among men, and it has been for many, many years. I'm not advocating violence. I'm not condoning violence. I'm not encouraging violence. But what I am saying, when you get confronted with a bad guy with a gun, usually the only thing that stops him is a good guy with a gun. Be the good guy with a gun. Know how to defend yourself, not just with firearms, but also hand-to-hand. I've always encouraged people, take boxing lessons, take jiu-jitsu lessons, take shoot fighting, you know, grappling lessons. Know how to handle yourself on your feet and on the ground because a lot of times that's where most fights go. And the more that people get more and more aggressive and more brainwashed and this delusional psychosis, the more aggressive they're going to get. We've seen the videos of people coming uncorked and unhinged because the people weren't wearing a mask or somebody didn't social distance. I walked into the bank yesterday and they've asked me repeatedly to wear a mask in there. I've continually refused. I will not wear a mask in there. And so I've told them, I said, you hold my money. You have a fiduciary responsibility to give me my money from a legal standpoint. You cannot force me to compromise my health and safety because I have a medical condition that says I do not have to wear a mask. Deal with it. And they pretty much have. And they gave me some flack about it a while back, and they've pretty much backed off that now. It was ironic. Yesterday I was standing in there, and there was like nobody in there. And there's one guy sitting over the corner, I guess, while his wife was up at the counter. He was a little bit of an elderly fellow, probably in his 70s. He's got this mask on. Looks like he's got two masks on, half his face covered. And, you know, I'm walking, I'm walking out the door, and, you know, he's like 10, 15 feet away from me, standing in the corner. Almost looked like he's like hovering. You know, I just, I'm walking out, and he's looking at me. And all I could see, you know, is his eyes and his forehead. And he's looking at me with the most hateful look I have seen in the last couple weeks. I mean, just. If he had a knife or a pistol, he probably would have attempted to shoot me. At least that's the way it felt. He was looking at me so aggressive, and I just looked at him. I smiled, and I nodded my head and said, you have a blessed day, sir. And he just shook his head and just looked at me like, how dare you come in here without covering your face? And I just kind of laughed when I walked outside, and I went, wow, the delusional psychosis knows no bounds with what's going on now in the current populace, and until – the vast majority of people get some guts and stand up for the truth. Like I told you, the guy I met the other day at the dealership, and he said, you know what? My wife and I said, we're done with it. We're not going to do it anymore. We're not going to consent to this. We're healthy. We're strong. We take supplements. We exercise. We eat organic. We're done complying with this nonsense. And I shook his hand, and I said, thank you, sir, for standing up. That's what everybody has to start doing now. So, again, Thank you to all my friends. Thank you to all my listeners. Thank you for opening up your business. Thank you for living free. Thank you for breathing fresh air. I commend you and I salute you right up here with the rest of the American populace is doing the same. Thank you for supporting local businesses. Thank you for supporting small businesses. I mean that sincerely. And thank you for supporting Health Masters and supporting everything we've been trying to do from keeping people awake to keeping people healthy and everything in between. Thank you for that. What do you think about that, Dad? Well, Austin, it's, a, it's about waking up the population, which is what this show has been dedicated to doing for the past seven years. I mean, it's what we do. We do everything we possibly can to make people realize that they don't have to be a peasant, that they're not a peasant, that the government tells them that they're, they're peasant. The Kabbalists want them to be peasants, but we don't have to be peasants. We don't have to comply with unlawful edicts. We don't have to. 
I mean, we may get arrested. That's, that's a fact. And we may get dragged off in the court. And that's another fact. But the reality is we don't have to comply with unlawful edicts. I mean, the CDC has no authority over us. They don't. Congress hasn't passed laws on masks. The president hasn't signed executive orders that everybody's forced to wear a mask. Though Biden, I think, may attempt to. He may attempt to do that. But the states don't have to implement it if it's an unlawful edict. I mean, this is insanity. And people need to stand against this stuff. But, you know, it's funny. Years ago, I had a friend of mine. His name was Jeff. And he'd had a baby. This is back 40 years ago. He'd had a, he'd had a baby who was basically healthy, got the injections, came down with autism. And he eventually had to put the baby into a government, basically, home because he couldn't control the child. As the child got older, became violent. And he told me about the vaccines. This guy, he actually went back to college and became a naturopath. And he warned me about the vaccines. And so when you basically came along, Austin, you know, I'd already been studying this stuff for about eight years. I began to realize that there were a lot of things that we weren't being told. And so I chose to do research. I got Dr. Mendelssohn's book, How to Raise a Healthy Child, in spite of your pediatrician. Another one that Dr. Mendelssohn wrote, Confessions of a Medical Heretic, looking, in, looking at religion and medicine as the same as far as the religious part of what they do. And this is what the Kabbalists do. I talked about this in length yesterday. And we have to understand that we have to make a choice. They can't force you in a state if you homeschool. Maybe a few states can now. I don't know. But you have to have your children vaccinated. And if you don't, they're going to haul them away. And if they do have those draconian laws in your states, I suggest you move. How about that? Hi, I suggest you sell what you've got, move your home, whatever you need to do, get a new job or, you know, whatever. Do whatever you need to do, but don't allow them to come in there and force you to do this. Now, as long as they give you the right to homeschool and not vaccinate, stay where you are. Who cares? It'd be better to have a child who's healthy and homeschooled than a child who is brain damaged and brain dead and being put in the main school system and having to be taken out because of learning disabilities. Think about that for a second. And that's why we chose not to, you know, it was so funny. I, I've told you this before, but it was years ago when uh, we had to get the, uh, the, the bottom three. We decided Sharon didn't want to do homeschool with it because she thought it was going to be too much. So we found a Christian school. You know, this is when Harrison and Savannah and Alexis were little. And we had to go to the basically to the county seat to, to get the waiver, the vaccine immunization form. Back then it was a blue sheet of paper. And by the time the third child arose, the nurse came in and talked to the other nurse who was trying to convince me of this, that it was not necessary, that I was not going to listen. <laughs> Imagine that. And I remember the first time the lady brings me over literally a ream of papers, like four or five hundred sheets of studies and stuff, basically all lies. And she went through this whole thing. I said, we done? She goes, yeah. I said, so I took the paper right in front of her and I dumped the entire ream in the garbage can. I said, can I have my blue paper now? And she goes, wow, you just threw it all away. I said, yep. Second time in, 500 sheets back of the garbage. Boom, again. Third time, they said, don't give him the paperwork. He's going to throw it away. They remembered me. And yet here my children are absolutely brilliant. Austin, master's degree, at, by the way, graduated from his bachelor's program at the age of 19, had a bachelor's degree at 19. Austin did with a master's degree in his early 20s. Harrison, undergraduate degree at 18, master's degree at 19. Now he's in his second year of law school. My oldest daughter, she's a, a senior in her physical therapy program to get her Ph.D. in physical therapy. Savannah is basically starting college this fall. She's just getting out. She's just turned 18. And all of these things are happening. Why? Well, a lot of it's because, you know, the way we train our children up. The Bible says train up your children in the way they should go. And they were, oh, when they are old, they'll not depart from it. And I'm still giving lessons to the kids. 
I still say things to Austin. Now, I don't say much to him because he basically is an adult male with his own family. But every once in a while, I'll chime in with my own opinion, which is what good parents do. Same thing with Harrison. Same thing with all of them. I do the continual updating with the kids as far as, okay, I've experienced this. Here's what's about to happen. Here's what you need to do. You say, well, do you really do that with your adult kids? I say, yeah, I really do. I actually stay involved in their lives. They say, well, how do they, do they tolerate that? Well, sometimes, you know, they don't tolerate it real well. <laughs> I'll be honest with you guys. They fuss. They get upset. Well, dad shouldn't be involved in this. But the reality is, that's what good dads do. That's what good moms do. Now, should we meddle and start micromanaging managing our children after the age of 18? Absolutely not. You got to let them be. You got to let them make their own decisions. You got to let them deal with their own consequences. If they don't, they'll never learn how to how should I say, make good decisions the rest of their life. Now, I want to bring another article up to you guys to change the topic. The FDA is warning people not to drink alkaline real water. It's been linked to five cases of hepatitis with one man suffering liver failure and needing a transplant. The CEO is a Scientologist, and he apologizes as the lawsuits pile up. This is probably going to do like the sharper image air filter did to put this company out of business. But I want to just talk about this for a second because I was exposed to the alkaline water a while back. And I didn't care for it. Now, here's why. There's multiple reasons I don't like it. Number one, they have to have a, they have conducted plates inside of the unit that basically bubbles water through it or runs water through it. And they ionize or they electrically charge these plates to cause the pH of the water to go up. Okay, that's number one. Here's the other problem with it. You don't know what these plates are doing as far as how much contamination is going into the water from whatever metal they're using. That's number two. Here's number three. When you change the pH of water, you massively increase the bacteria growth. Ah, here we go. So let's say you're running well water into a filter system that basically is going to alkalinize the water. Well, what could happen very easily is that water could start growing bacteria. And could that be causing these liver issues? I don't know. This is speculation. All of this is speculation on my part. All I know is that you know, drinking alkalinized water is not really normally found in nature. And I know in my swimming pool, if I allow the pH to go too high, the whole pool turns green. <laughs> it just turns green. And if I maintain the pH at the proper levels, and sometimes you have to use muriatic acid to do that, it maintains a really stable, clear water. So be really careful with these alkalinized water systems. I have never recommended them, nor will I do so. I have another one of my well, I don't really associate him anymore. The pastor, he had this system in his home, and I warned him about this system. And then he ended up having a serious, serious, serious health problem a few years later. Now, whether it was related to this or not, I don't know. But the reality is, you know, you got to be careful with what you do and what you choose to do. Because, guys, you start taking, making decisions like this, you start having serious health images, it can be a major, major, major problem for you down the road. Also, let me share with you a couple of other things here, and this is really, really important. In Oakland, California now, which is like the bastion of liberalism with their weirdo stuff going on out there, they're planning on giving $500 per month to buy up BIPOC families to eliminate racial disparities. Now, this is back, again, this Lyndon Johnson, that great pervert who was president, who who helped kill John F. Kennedy. He basically pushed the Great Society program to do this, and it's made it worse. The mayor of Oakland, hardcore communist, is rolling out a program that awards low-income black families, foreign national, meaning that basically people who crash the borders, and the homeless $500 a month. And it, it excludes, by the way, white households living in equivalent poverty. I'm going to say that again. It excludes white households living in equivalent po- poverty. 
According to the Communist News Network, CNN, the Oakland Resident Families Program will give the extra cash to families with at least one minor child, selecting recipients at random from an online database. Wait a minute. How can you select them at random and keep the white people out of the loop? I don't know. To qualify for the Oakland Resident Family Payments, Families must have at least one child under eight, and the income must be at or below the area's median income of $59,000 for a family of three. Wait a minute. How in the world is this going to help anybody if they have to be making $59,000? This is insanity. This whole program, again, is basically being funded through the group of people who support all of these communist endeavors here in Oakland. And the sad part is, guys, whenever you pay people money to not work – they learned that it's easier not to work. And you think, well, do I really want to not work and get free money? Well, the answer would be for most people, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if they're going to give me free cash, why not do it? Why not do it? And sadly, people will do that. They'll stop working. They'll lay around and watch the basically brainwashing media every single day in order to allow them to get more free stuff. It's, it's sad to me with Oakland, sad to me with California. That is a beautiful state that has gone that has gone down the tubes, bud. The California is awful. By the way, F, FBI data is now showing that knives kill more people than rifles. Well, we've done that for a long time. Two recent shootings in Atlanta, Georgia, and Boulder, Colorado, are the fueling the left's desired ban on assault-type rifles like an AR-15. But according to a data bomb dropped from the FBI, far more murders are committed with handguns, knives, or even bare hands. The most recent data from 2019 shows that although firearms do account for the majority of homicides, 10,000 or so, the number of homicides committed using a rifle is only 364. It's much smaller, according to the Daily Caller, but yet they want to get rid of the AR-15s. Hand, handguns are listed as a major cause of, you know, of attacks from people to people, but also knives are a major problem killing people. So here's the thing. Do we, are we going to take away handguns? Are we going to take away AR-15s? Are we going to take away knives? Yeah. How about knives? I think we need to eliminate knives. I don't think you should be able to cut your steak. Oh, that's right. You're not supposed to eat steak anymore. You're supposed to be eating some kind of grown meat from Bill Gates' laboratory since he's bought almost all of the, a lot of the farmland as the largest farm owner in the world. I guess he may decide that he doesn't want to grow corn or whatever to feed beef anymore or whatever they're doing now to basically fatten up the cows. And I guess Bill Gates will tell us what you can do, what you can think too. And then he'll probably get into that giant, let's have an abortion party because remember, his father was a big, big boy in Planned Parenthood, and his mom was a big, big girl in the Seattle Federal Reserve Bank, which doesn't surprise you or me that he was used as a cutout to be given unlimited funding in order to push Microsoft to the top using <laughs> Rothschild information and chips Got brought to you through the Rothschilds and through 1947 Roswell. That's where this back-engineered technology came from. And we always need to understand that, that this stuff is not going to go away. By the way, that container ship that's stuck in the Suez Canal, i got to mention this. I haven't talked about it. You know, this is nuts. This thing is so big, it's turned sideways, and it's wider than the canal. And they're saying that the wind may have blown it into the side of the canal and lodged its bow in the canal. Now they're trying to dig it out. And it's pretty much shut down the entire Suez Canal. And there's literally hundreds of ships now. And, of course, the globalists, 
<coughs> Rothschild, <coughs> Kabbalists are using this as an excuse to massively increase fuel costs again. Wow. So this is interesting. So, but guys, tonight Austin's going to be on Hagman and there we go. He'll have, he'll do a great job with Hagman again tonight as he always does. And I want to thank you for the support you've given health masters over the years. I want to thank you for your prayers. I prayed for you this morning, but when you pray for me in return, it means the world to me and to my family because it really protects us. You know, we're out here telling you guys the truth. There aren't very many shows that will cover what we covered today in the depth that we did. Now, there's a group of people out there now that we're basically calling, they're calling the dirty dozen <laughs> that are talking about vaccines and the dangers associated with vaccines. And I'm glad those people are out there. They're being exposed and they're being told that everybody's telling them now they need to be taken completely off of social media. But the sad part about it is they may expose the vaccination issue, but they don't talk about what we talked about today. And that is basically the Kabbalist issue. They don't talk about all the other things that are going on. They really don't do that. But here's the thing, guys. We've got to remember that Jesus Christ is the author, and he's the finisher, and he's the perfecter of our faith. Through him, all things are held together. For Jesus Christ is, he is the great I am. And if we put our hearts and our lives in him, and we seek his will for our life, and we pray for his protection every day, Things go really well for us on this planet. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Have a wonderful weekend. Austin, finish it up, and I'll talk to you guys on Monday. Absolutely. There's no question about it. We have to continue to maintain our freedom, our health, and our ability to travel freely on our way. So, again, thank you, and I encourage everybody. Also, too, I was telling you earlier, the vitamin D, the Institute of Medicine, including the Endocrine Society, recommends that the minimum level of D3 should be 20 to 30 nanograms per milliliter. However, most experts agree that it needs to be at least above 30 for an even moderately healthy level. Now, Steve is an advocate of this or customer service on the phone, as am I. Next time you get blood work, have your D3 levels checked. It's usually not much, anything more expensive if you're already getting bloods drawn. Most doctors don't check it for whatever reason. I don't know. And it's very easy to test and it'll give you an idea where you're at. But D3 is so crucial for the bones, for the brain, for the heart, for the hormones. Crucial. And it's also important if you start being exposed to some type of virus or you start having basically any type of um Side effects or symptoms from viral exposure can be coronavirus. And what's interesting is Dr. Brownstein said that he's worked with hundreds of patients now with natural supplements and getting rid of COVID. That's what he claims. He says the protocol is 50,000 IUs of D3 with K2 for four days, then five to 10,000 milligrams of vitamin C with quercetin. If you can take more, do it. If you start getting loose stools, drop the dosage and 25 milligrams of iodine per day. This is the protocol that he has said is so effective, and this is what we've modeled ours off of as well with people that basically have gotten viral exposure or having symptoms. Not to mention on a regular basis, it's still good to take 10,000 IUs of D3 and two to 3,000 milligrams of vitamin C every single day. Crucial. So again, thank you for the support 
of Health Masters. Thank you for keeping yourself strong, keeping yourself sharp. I always encourage everybody, make sure you're getting your omega-3 fats and your B-complex. If you're working a lot or you're doing a lot of presentations or radio shows, hit the attention factor. That product's incredible. I've got multiple of my friends now that work in high-paced jobs, including one that basically is the main district manager of the public selecting warehouse down here in Florida. He runs the stuff all the time. He said, dude, when he runs shifts, dude, it keeps them super sharp running numbers all day. There's all types of things you can do to maintain your strength, your brain, and your mental acuity because, guys, we, we can't pretend that we're not watching this clown show over here in the White House right now, you guys saw what happened with Biden yesterday in his first press conference. It was a debacle. I mean, he comes up, oh, I'm going to say something outrageous here, and, and you hold something near and dear, and you, um, yeah, well, uh, hmm, yeah, hmm, well, anyway. It's just, I mean, the, the, the guy's senile. He's completely lost his marbles, and nobody wants to even address it, which boggles my mind even more. So again, my friends, continue to spread the truth. Continue to focus on yourself. Maintain your health. Maintain your children's health and protect them for what they're trying to expose them to right now with all this nonsense, with this this drag queen story hour to these idiotic books to what we're seeing in the school system. Be proactive in your children's life and their mental health. You're responsible for that and you solely. Don't defer it on to anybody else because nobody will care about your children as much as you do. So thank you again, my friends, for the support of Health Masters. If you need anything, be sure to check out the website, healthmasters.com. The D3 10,000 on sale right now is product of the week, 15% off. Be sure to check that out and take advantage of it. I'm on the Hagman Show tonight. You guys have a blessed, safe, awesome weekend. I'll talk to you again on this show Monday as always. to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.